You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. here and today I get the privilege of bringing today's message. They let me do this a couple of times a year and I enjoy it. I really do. But we are wrapping up our healthy habits kind of series and they gave me finances. Notice I didn't say tithing. The finances. So as we look at and we talk about as we've done this whole series you know, how, do, how are we concerned about the who before the do? So how do we become responsible people with God's finances and what we do? How do we become good stewards? Well, if you look, depending on which website you look at and who do you talk to, the average household income in America right now is somewhere between $56,000 and $63,000 a year. And I said depending on who you talk to and what website. So how do we do what's right with that income that, that comes in, that, that we take in, that is God's, we just get to manage it. In finances, in stuff, possessions, is the second most talked about thing in the Bible. There are over 2,300 verses, and then 11 of his 39 parables deal specifically with finances. So it's probably somewhat important. There's only three things we can do with money. We can save it, we can spend it, and we can give it away. And we're going to look at each one of those. And as we go through them, some of this I stole straight from Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University, so it's nothing, it's nothing new, it's not enlightening, but he, like he said, I just packaged it better. So some, some of it will be you know, a refresher or new, depending on if you've taken it before. If we look at spending which is somewhat interesting. The Bible itself doesn't really talk a lot about spending. It talks about overspending. It doesn't talk about how much your mortgage payment should be, how much your car payments should be, how much you should you know, put in clothes each month, how much should go towards food. He talks about overspending. If we look at some of the verses, Proverbs 22, 7, it says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The wicked borrows, but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. Owe no, owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves has fulfilled the law. And then Hebrews 13, 5, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. None of that in there highlights debt as a really good thing. There are more scriptures which ties it to bondage. Like I said, it's the borrower is, is slave to the lender. He talks about being content. He talks about he's not going to leave us. We're going to have everything we need to have. I was listening to one the other day, and some, they were going on a short dissertation, basically, 
about the middle class and that this, the income of the middle class has basically been stagnant the last 20 years. And they said, well, look at where we've come in the last 20 years. 20 years ago, TV was free. Now somebody wants to pay three, $400 for cable, NFL network, NBA package, all of that. Cell phones weren't a thing. Now we've got family plans that people are paying hundreds of dollars for. Had one car 20 years ago, now you've got two and a half for, for every household. The average house, the average house square footage was about 1,800 square feet. Now it's like 2,800. Middle class is up here. Things have changed. The word hasn't. We still must be content with what we have. Welcome to September. Christmas is 115 days away. <laughs> Somebody just panicked. <laughs> Don't go crazy. Be content with what we have. That's all he calls us to do. Spending is part of what we have to do to be responsible stewards. If we look at saving, again, the Bible doesn't tell us which 401ks, which mutual funds, where to invest, what to do with it, or how to do with it. It just instructs us to save. This is Proverbs 21.20. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but the foolish man devours all that he has. The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. And wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gains little by little will increase it. And that one in itself is a little interesting. As you gain little by little, it will increase. When you gain something little by little, you've worked for it, you've stored it, you've maintained it, it's a little harder to let it go. Things that are quote-unquote emergencies turn into an inconvenience. 80% of America today lives paycheck to paycheck. And if they had a $1,000, we'll call it an emergency event that comes up, they couldn't pay that. It would end up on a credit card or they'd borrow the money or something. It's kind of a sad state, but that's, that's, where, that's where America is at, living paycheck to paycheck. It's been said that, you know, we're only two weeks away from poverty, you know, because as, as our, you know, level of living has gone up, and you know, we've maintained where we're at, you miss a paycheck or two, you get behind, it's hard to get caught up. So saving over time is how you do it. We get, we get caught up in this thing where if I can't do it big, I'm not going to do it. Well, if I can't put $5,000 in a savings account today, I'll just forget it. You know, how about doing $400 a month? It's, you know, it's about the same. It adds up. The small things add up. If you're waiting for that long-lost aunt or uncle that you've never met <laughs> to die and leave you millions... May not happen, but have you seen the stories where the people that win multi-millions of dollars, within seven years, they're broke? They don't know what to do with it when they get it. 
it's a whole lot of money, it's a whole lot of stuff thrown in your face all at the same time, and it's just never going to end. I'm going to go buy this, 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 and this, and I'm going to do this. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And irregardless of what our income is, we're still required to save something. We're still required to save. The Bible tells us a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's your grandkids. If you don't have anything, you're not leaving anything. Now, do I think you need to take care of, you know, eh, you know, another, another discussion. But we're required to save. We're required to spend. We have to spend just to keep the roof over our head, keep food in our stomachs, clothes on our backs. We're required to save. How do we do that? Why do we do that? We get caught up in this area where you are, well, I don't make 53000 I'm not. A, I'm not at the, you know, average, so I don't have money to save. Chris Hogan, who's one of Dave Ramsey's people, he, he has a, a quote that he uses a lot. He says, you can, you can tell me you won't do this, but you can't tell me you can't. And you can go on the internet and you can find hundreds of them. But one of the examples that was sent to, that was sent to me, this gentleman was... 50s, late 50s, early 60s at this point, was growing up in the, in the 50s and, and 60s. The most he had ever made in his life was $20,000 a year. He was dyslexic and had a couple other medical issues. He didn't go to school. He had to work to help support the family. And he was a parking lot attendant. And he did that for 44 years basically $12 an hour for 44 years, and he said he took extra side jobs when things came up. Today, he's got over $500,000 in his, in his accounts, in his mutual funds and his investments. You ask his wife how he did it, he said, we sacrificed. We put two kids through school, we put two kids through, to, through college. He had a paid-for house. He had one paid-for car. When he finally decides to retire, you know what's going to happen? <laughs> He's going to get a raise. <laughs> and that's kind of cool. I'm never going to have a six-figure income. It doesn't matter. Because this gentleman making $12 an hour has managed to save, you know, half a million. If he just takes like 10% of that, that's, you know, roughly 50000 a year, he's never made more than twenty. So when you have no debt, you have no car payments, all you've got is your daily expenses and you've got money like that coming in, you know what you can do? You can give. You see, God in himself gave. God came and that's what he came here to give. See, if we look at gives, it's honor the Lord with your wealth and with your first fruits and all your produce, then your barns would be filled with plenty and your vats would be bur bursting with wine. Be sure to set aside a tenth of, your uh, of all that your fields produce each year, and then every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God that has given you. Now, see, now tithing is part of it, yes, God requires us to tithe. 
a tithe is merely 10%. And we can get into the debate and the argument of whether it's net or gross. He doesn't care. It's just tithing. You say, well, I don't make enough money to tithe. Okay, we're talking about 10%. If you can't live off 90, can you really live off 100? No, that's, that's where it's at. God loves a cheerful giver, whatever that may be. So he's de- he designed us to give. We were made in his image. And I said he came to give. He gave his only son, as Jack demonstrated, talked about, what he went through for us so that we could be forgiven. What would our lives look like if we did not have the debt, the bondage, the stranglehold in order to be able to give? See, giving in itself is where we are best. If you look back over your life, probably the most happiest time you had was involved in some sort of giving. Whatever that was, whether it was paying for somebody's groceries who stuck in the first card that got declined, who stuck in the second card that got declined, it happens. Whether it was just helping, helping somebody physically, we were designed to give. We were designed to love. That's when the body is the fullest, is the wholest. You say, I don't have the 10% to be able to give. And I, I've literally done this argument. God, I, 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 I can't give you X dollars this month because I gotta do this. You know what I can do with this X dollars? You know what I did with nothing? <laughs> you know, that's, that's where he is. You know, God created us from nothing. He took, you know, created the earth, took the dirt. He can do so much more with what we give him. And there's the joke where, you know, guy gets, guy gets to heaven, God shows him his, his house that he tells us is being built for us, and he shows it to him, and he walks in, and it's this grand, fabulous house. And he's all impressed with himself. And he walks outside, and there's this even bigger, grander one, and he starts looking around, and he's got this little bitty dinky thing. You know, and he says, God, what gives? And God tells him, you only gave me so much to work with. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not at that point where I think we're trying to buy our way into heaven with, with tithing or giving. It's just that God calls us to give. And the thing about tithing in itself, it's not listed in that Ten Commandments list. There's gonna be people in heaven that never tithed, that never gave a dime. It's, they're going to be there. Because see, tithing is only an instruction. But it's between us and God. You know, what we are able to give, whether it's, who cares what percentage it is. Whatever, you know, he stirs our hearts to give. That's what, that's what we're required. That's what we should be doing. Spending. Responsibly. Saving responsibly, 
and giving when and where we can. Like I said, he called us. He designed us to give. What's interesting in the way that he designed us is if you truly relax, if you just sit down and chill, the hand in itself, in its natural state, is a cup. It's not a fist. It's not a laid flat out palm, but it's a cup. And what do cups do? Cups allow things to go in and out. If we close our fists with whatever we've got in it, it ain't getting out. It's not going anywhere. But nothing's getting in unless somebody's got a bigger fist and shoves it in there. You leave it in its natural state. You put two of them together. Leave the hand in its natural state. It allows things to flow in and out. You are blessed and the blessings flow out, allowing others to be blessed. He said, whatever, whatever that looks like. And it's not always money. A lot of times it's just time. It's effort. But today we're talking about finances. So are you allowing things to flow in and flow out? What blessings are we, are we missing because we are not blessing others with what we have? As I said, God calls us to give. That is our natural state, is giving. So are we willing to open the hand a little bit and allow ourselves to be blessed and in turn, bless others?